Welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast with Chad and Jade Spencer. In this world, there's an unlimited amount of voices fighting for your attention. Facts are important, but truth is key. This podcast is all about taking real life situations and looking at them through the lens of God's word. Victory can be your story. What's up, podcast fam? <laughs> Happy Monday, everyone. Guys, I have to tell you what this guy just did. I am laughing because we just did our introduction and he deleted it because I owned him in um, in the English language and he was so embarrassed that he deleted it. So now I can't even <laughs> prove to you how smart I am because he deleted it. Jay, and that's also why you've can, opened this podcast to me laughing. Can I commend you? You are great at the English language. Thank you. And until it comes until it comes <laughs> to like full sentences. South Africans are hilarious because like instead of saying, Let's go to the gym, they would say something along the let's lines of gym. let's gym. No, let's go to gym. Let's go to gym. <laughs> Jim, like you're talking about Jim as if Jim is a person. You know what's happening right now? He's so embarrassed <laughs> of the podcast he deleted. You're now overcompensating, my guy. No, it's fine. It's okay. Anyway, it's I'll tell you what he didn't know. He didn't have a cooking clue what an alliteration was. And so I said what it was. And then he Do you want to know what so alli- alliteration is? It's when you do like two consecutive words or like use the same letter throughout the sentence <laughs> to really emphasize. He, he Googled it. <laughs> Now, anyway, okay, now that we've wasted like two minutes of this podcast, um, we're actually going to jump right in to what we want to talk about today. And um, so over the last couple of weeks, Chad and I have been discussing this statement. Uh, It was a statement that we heard and um, we've been talking about it. And honestly, I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. The statement has been bothering me. It's been bothering me uh, not because, you know, I don't agree with it. It's been bothering me because... I identify with it and I want to know how to change it in my life. And so the statement that we've kind of been teach me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I apologize, but I'm going to apologize for this entire podcast. Respectable people that listen to this podcast. (laughs) Anyway, this, (laughs) the statement is many people live their lives based off of what they think that others think about them. All right, let me do the full thing. All right. You don't live your life based on what other people think about you. And you don't live your life based off of what you think of you. You actually live your life, or most people, right? They're talking about the generic sense. Yeah, this uh, is 2022. You can't make a statement of like all people anymore. Right. It has to be, you know, because you're just somehow are going to get somebody angry at you. Um. You live your life based on the perception that you have of what other people think about you. And so, in other words, to kind of explain that a little bit, uh, so much of our life um, and our behavior is molded right. by what we think uh, others think about us. So, could I even dare to say that so much of our life and our dare behavior say is, it. Say it. is molded? I really want this podcast okay. to be a good one, and it's really going downhill quick. But no, so much of our life and our behavior is truly molded off of uh, a false reality. Right. Because right. 
majority of the time, let's be honest, majority of the time, what we think others think about us is not what they're even thinking, but it's something that we've made up in our head and we've convinced ourselves is right. what they're thinking. Right. And let's just give a very simple example. You may be like, okay, apply this to my life. Let's say you go to work, right? And in your work environment, maybe you're a higher level leader, you're a boss of some kind, you know, people highly respect you and think, you know that they think positive things about you based off of you know your work, your fruit, your your uh, ability to you know produce, and so you know that when you walk in, people are thinking positive things. And you know what's funny is that when you think people are positively reinforcing you and like really liking you, it is so easy, right, to fall right into that mold. Right. right. Versus maybe you go to uh, a brother or sister's house that you've never really gotten along with too well and you sit there and you walk in and you have this preconceived idea like well they don't even like me anyways or maybe it's an old friend or an yeah. acquaintance or you yeah. know they don't even like me anyways they don't and you start to assume right and create a perspective for that person right. and then you just live to that standard and that's why you every know, time you see them you have that thought of oh they don't even like me anyway and it's this perception right. that begins to grow and really affect our identity right even i, I see this a lot in church yeah people uh that are living in sin or far from god or ma- made a mistake when they come to church um after that sometimes i have people say well i just feel like everybody's judging me there well, first of all, everybody has very busy lives and nobody probably thought about the sin that we didn't even know you did, right. you know, three weeks ago. Right. Um, you know, but we feel that guilt yeah. and we feel, create a literal a perception and a false reality that makes it difficult for us to live free lives. And yeah. so that's kind of just a an easy example of what we're right. actually talking about. And the problem with this, though, is that the environment is never consistent. Right. The environment changes then wherever we go and whatever situation we are in. People could not even thinking anything about us, but just our perception of what we think that they are thinking will cause us to even act in a certain way. And this is why this topic is so important. Because this is why so many people live mediocre lives that really never make a great difference in the world. When we shape our potential out of our perception and not God's intention, we will always find ourselves in mediocrity. You see, people around us will always create a perception or a reality for ourselves that's less than what God has created for us. Yeah, yeah. And it... I find so many people caught in this middle, like, they, you know, that they're, they're very talented. God's, you know, anointed them. God's got great plans for them, but they just stay in this middle zone. And I think most of the battle is in the mental aspect of our lives, yeah. right? Most things that we struggle with, they're not external things, they're internal things. Yeah. And if we can begin to shape the way we think, if we can begin to break down mindsets, change how we perceive ourselves and how we you know, perceive other people perceiving us, and we start to knock that down and say, I don't really care about what anybody else thinks about me except God. Yeah. Then we start to make a progress and start to move forward in a way where we can actually break this mold and get out of this mediocre lifestyle and begin to make real impact in the world. And listen, mediocrity is honestly, it's it is a slap 
in the face to the blood of Jesus. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm not being harsh and being passionate. Whenever Chad and I fight, he'll say, why are you being so rude? Or why are you being so mean? And I'm like, I'm not mean. I'm just passionate. So I'm not being harsh right now. I'm just being passionate. But the truth is, the blood of Jesus is not mediocre. Right. And Jesus did not go to the cross, you know, to complete John 10, 10 which is that he came to give us life and life in abundance so that we could just be satisfied with living average, with living okay, with kind of just getting in, getting into heaven, you know, but not really have any crowns to, to throw at his feet. That's not the purpose, right? Our life, we have it in us to be great. And I think so many people, you don't even, you don't even realize, like when you get saved, you become a king. You become a priest, a royal priesthood. You know what I'm saying? You're not just some mediocre average Joe once the blood of Jesus gets on you. Yeah. And so mediocrity really is such an enemy to God's plan for our life. Absolutely. And if you even consider this, how could I live like everybody else lives with God himself inside me? Yeah, that's the question. Right? Like, I think it's easy to fall into the mold of everybody else. But when you start to compare and say, man, if God is living within me, yeah. how could I possibly not perform at a higher level Absolutely. and not be bound down by the same things or uh, be bound down by the same right. things that other people of the world are? Yeah. So why do we, why do, we do this? Because that's really what bothered me. Right. Is as I've been thinking on this, I'm like, okay, because I recognize it and I see it. But why? Why do I do this? Why do we, so many of us, do this? Well, number one, we actually do care what other people think about we us. We, right? We actually do. Let's be honest. Yeah. We do. I, I think that this is one of the strongest points right here because yeah. we're wanting to please people. We're mm-hmm. wanting to make people happy. We're wanting to fit in. We're wanting to you know, kind of be accepted by others. And when we start to think about what other people think, well, what what if they don't like what I do? What if I, you know, what if they uh, don't approve of this? What if they uh, can do better? What if they, and we just start going through all these hypotheticals and this what if mindset is so destructive Mm -hmm. because you never actually start. Yeah. You have all these good ideas, you have all these good thoughts, but nothing ever is executed because we began to ask ourselves, well, you know, my parents wouldn't really like it if I did this or, uh, you know, this person, they did that. And if I did this, they'd think I was copying them. Who cares Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. what other people think? Um, so I, uh, just to, this is not in our notes, but um, I teach world religion mm-hmm. in the Bible school. And something I keep bringing my students back to is the fact that humans are wired in a certain way. But when we are not directing it towards God, we fill it with other things. So what I mean by that. So in world religions, I'm talking about how every single one of us have a spiritual vacuum on the inside of us to worship something. And when we're not worshiping God, we find other things to worship because we need to fill that spiritual vacuum. That's good. So how does this apply to this? Well, God has wired us to want to please him, to desire to be who he's called us to be. But when we're not directing that at the one who we're supposed to be, we're directing it at other people. And that's where people pleasing comes in. Because yeah. we're we're wired mm-hmm. to want to please, mm-hmm. but we're supposed to be wanting to please God. So when we're not doing it where it needs to go, when we're not aiming it where it's supposed to go, we're aiming it somewhere else. Right. And 
when we start to care what everybody else thinks, we start to compare ourselves to other people. Yeah. And you know what's so sad is I think so many people have stolen out the or stolen and destroyed the dreams that God placed in their hearts because they begin to compare. Well, you know, if they do that, how could I possibly do this? Don't cap yourself by what other people have done. That's right. What if you actually just said, God, let's dream together. Yes. Let's do something not based on what I've seen around me, not based on what other people are doing, but based on what you are speaking to my heart. Yeah. And then really start to see the second one of why do people why do we do, why do, we do, this? do this? Is insecurity. Yeah. We honestly don't actually know who we are. Mm-hmm whose we are and, and you know what we're called to be insecurity insecurity is a huge issue and you know what's funny is sometimes insecurity actually manifests itself in pride uh, insecurity and pride really go hand in they hand do. which is surprising because a lot of people think they're two completely different things but yeah. they're not they're, they're not. actually they very much the hands are joined yeah uh, between insecurity and pride i think there are a few people who are in pride and it's not rooted in insecurity. Some people are actually just wild. They think they're just way better than they actually are. But most people that are filled with pride are actually just so insecure they're yeah. overcompensating yeah. for who they actually think they are. Right. And that what? That's an identity issue. Yep. All of this conversation that we're going to have all comes back to an identity crisis of not knowing your position and not knowing your place where God has called us to be. So number one, right? Why do people do this? Because we actually care what other people think. Number two, insecurity. Number three, previous experience. Maybe somebody has had bad thoughts about you, right? Maybe somebody has torn you down. Maybe somebody has been a jerk. Maybe, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But we've experienced it previously, and because we've experienced it before, we expect that we automatically Again. assume that that's what yeah. everybody else is thinking about us, right. right? And I think that is so hurtful to your life, mm-hmm. because just be, just because somebody else did it to you doesn't mean that's everybody else's plan, right? And actually, what we're going to show you in just a moment is just because somebody did it to you doesn't actually mean that that becomes your identity and that's who you are forever. Yeah, right? we really hand over our lives to other people, I think. I think yeah. sometimes we literally put our life on a platter and just hand it out to other people to control, to dictate, to, to mold. And, and that's not the purpose. The only person we should be giving our lives to is literally God. The Bible says that we're to be living sacrifices. A living sacrifice chooses to put themselves on the altar of God and sacrifice their lives to him every single day. And this kind of brings us to our next point, which is how do we fix this, right? Because I don't believe that God intended for you to live your life lower than what he's called us to be, right? Value comes from heaven. And God's purpose and plan is released from him and him alone. And if we're living our lives based on what other people are perceiving or even our perception of what other people are perceiving of us, we're always going to undercut God's plan. And this is our challenge to you today. What would happen if you actually just put everything else aside and said, God, I want to know what you say about me. I want to know your value for my life. I want to know your plan for my life. And I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to do it. 
Yeah. And I'm going to see what happens. I uh, recommended reading the book of Ephesians. Right. I honestly think the book of Ephesians is like the book of identity for every single believer. If you need to know what your identity is, if you're searching, if, you, if you're if you just not sure, you just need confidence or maybe you just, you need to be reminded. The book of Ephesians, I mean, the, the, obviously the whole Bible, yeah. but the book of Ephesians really is a book that's dedicated to identity. Right. So how do we fix this? Yep. Number one. We have to die to self, yeah. which means people-pleasing can never trump God-pleasing. Yeah. Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it, the old man is dead. Yeah. Like Chad... Before Christ, he doesn't exist. He died. He does not exist in any capacity. And something brand new started the moment I embraced Christ and accepted him as my Savior. And this new life began. But what's so cool is in this new life, I had to make the decision to leave the old things behind. And when we leave old things, right? Like you need to look at the fruit of your life. Is the fruit of your life producing insecurity? Is the fruit of your life producing, maybe it's pride. Is the fruit of your life creating issues all over the place? Because if everywhere you go, there's always problems. Can I let you in on a secret? It's not everybody else around you. It's actually yourself. It's actually that you haven't dealt with things. And this identity that you're carrying is not how God sees you, but it's it, it's the fact that we actually carried things in does. And let me give you a biblical example is when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, he was leading them to the promised land. But what's so interesting is that Egypt fought to keep their old identity in, in slavery, right? Because it's not always our fault in the, uh, I guess like, the human uh, fatal, you know, uh, fault uh, category, right? Comfort, even if it's bad or negative reinforcement, is still comfortable mm-hmm. because that's what we've always known, right. and it's safe. Yeah. And a lot of times, God's calling us out of who we used to be, but we have to make the decision to leave it behind, mm-hmm. just like Israel had to leave the habits and the mindsets and yeah. the 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 even mostly mindsets like. Imagine if you were trained to be a slave for 430 years. You have to break that mindset off and learn to be a brand new person. And that's actually why the Israelites had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness when the route from where they left Egypt to the promised land was actually only an 11-day trip. Don't allow your mindsets and your perceptions to hold you back from God's promises in your life. That's so good. If you allow them to own you, they will, and they'll destroy you, and they'll keep you so average, right? They'll keep you just like everybody else. But this is what I want to encourage you with. God's calling you further than you are right now. Amen. Amen. So number two. So number one would be death to self. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number two would be our identity in Christ. So almost uh, if we're going to die to self is number one. Awaking. Awakening. (laughs) Awakening English major. Thank you very much. (laughs) Awakening to Christ and to identity in Christ. A revelation, 
right? A revelation. It's not enough to just know. We really got to actually have a revelation and an understanding. This moment where we, where we, we realize. Oh my gosh! Uh, and uh, you know, a revelation. You're not the same after you've had a revelation of something. Right. Um, it's easier to read something, but it's it's very different when you've had a complete revelation and a complete like. What's a revelation? It's when like the word is so illuminated to you, and all of a sudden there's an understanding. Right. It's, it's, there's almost like a. I want to say like an ownership when you have a revelation of right. something, you just you take something to yourself in a whole different yeah. in a whole different way. So a revelation of um, our God created identity. When you have identity, you have confidence in who you are. That's mm-hmm. important. Confidence comes from knowing who you are, and you're not afraid then to do what God is telling you to do. Yeah, and. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. God literally handcrafted you. I mean, I guess maybe not literally handcrafted you, but he spoke you into existence. He made you. You know, the Bible says that... he made you in in, you. in, in, in yep. your mother's womb. He knows the hairs that are on your head. He made you a king, a priest. He called you and positioned you and appointed you for something specific. So to begin to understand the identity, like get this, God did not need to make you. God chose to make you and wanted to make you. Yeah. God did not need us. He wanted us. He loves us. God made you made you so specifically. Maybe you're sitting there saying, you know, I don't know why I'm so different than everybody else. God does. God actually made you in a specific way yeah. so that you could help reach this world for him. And I mean, it, it just breaks my heart when people don't know who they are in Christ. And we really want to illustrate this with a story because, you know, it, in the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel, I, I believe it is, uh, David and Saul were two characters or two people that existed. Mm-hmm. And the Bible, the Bible, the Bible begins to tell us a story about two people, and they had two very different perceptions mm-hmm. of themselves. Yeah. Right. The first one was Saul; he was made king over Israel, and Saul was appointed by God. Right. And Saul in the response to the people's desire. Yep. But what's interesting is this is King Saul in the natural was head and shoulders taller than everybody else. He was a big man. The Bible actually says that he was a very good looking man. You know what I mean? Like he stood out in a crowd. Like when you looked at him, you said, wow, He looked like he fit the part. He looked like a king. Yeah. Right. And this is what you need to know, that just because you look the part doesn't mean you have what's on the inside. Identity is an internal thing that needs to be dealt with that manifests externally. Saul, although he looked the part, inside he had an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. He was so worried about pleasing people, he compromised his beliefs. He became mediocre. Now, he did great things, but how much more could he have done? Do you know that God's intention was actually to have the Messiah from Saul's kingship, but Saul disqualified himself and his family because of his perception of himself? Where David, he, on the outside, he was a smaller guy, right? 
he may not even even look like a king. Now, he was a good-looking guy as well. He was absolutely qualified, but he had something that Saul did not have. He had a confidence and an identity in Christ right. where he wasn't, as wor- he wasn't worried what other people thought of him. And it's so crazy because David and Saul were put in pressured times exactly like each other. One time, Saul had pressure from his army because he was supposed to wait for Samuel the prophet to come and make a sacrifice. Then they were going to go to battle. But as he was waiting, his army was leaving because they were getting scared and he blamed the prophet. So then he went ahead and he made the sacrifice. And just as he finished, obviously the prophet showed up, Samuel came and he said, why did you do this without me? And it was so crazy because after that, they went and I believe they went and had their battle and it wasn't a good win or anything like that. But when they were leaving, Saul said, Samuel, please come back with me. Please come back with me. I need my people to approve and see that you're validating what I did. And he begged him and he actually tore, I believe, the uh, the prophet's robe. Yeah. And he said, basically, that was the separation. That's where God cut him off. But you know what's funny is he begged him so much that Samuel went back with him and he pleased the people. But look at the compromise that Saul made. He compromised his entire dynasty and lost his entire plan that God had for him. David, at the same time, he was out fighting a battle with his army quite some time later. And when he was gone, another military force came in and and robbed and ransacked his entire city. And they, uh, uh, they robbed and then they stole their family members. And when they came back, from fighting against this army, they found out that their city was robbed, that their families were stolen, and all of the men came back and they were getting ready to stone David. And David, even when everybody was against him, said, let me go talk to God about this. Right? He never compromised. He never said, let's go get him and not talk to God. He said, you know what? Let me go talk to God. God gave him specific instructions and they got every single thing back. When you know your identity in Christ, compromise will never be an opportunity in your heart, right? It's never going to be an option for you. And this is what we need to break off. We need to break off our perception, right, of what other people think about us, of maybe lacks that we think about ourselves. And obviously the whole story that we're talking about, especially when we're creating perceptions for other people that may not even exist. Because at the end of the day, The only one that matters is Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for joining us on the Truth Be Told podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. Remember, we have new content coming out every single week. If you know of someone who could benefit from this podcast, we would love for you to share it on your social media as well as going ahead and leaving us a review. But for now, we can't wait to catch you next week.